Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Difficult times and difficult circumstances have always been a part of life, even during normal times. But especially during this crisis, the difficult times are more prevalent and more prominent. While we have a worldwide crisis, this crisis is causing uh, individual difficulties. And uh, wouldn't it be nice if when you came to Christ, when you put your faith in Jesus, all that is bad and every difficulty would just disappear? I mean, it would be nice, wouldn't it? But the truth is that that's not the case. In fact, Jesus said in John 16, he said, here on earth, you will have many, listen to this, many trials and sorrows. See, why, why did he say that? Why would Jesus say that? Well, Satan has taken control over God's creation. When Adam and Eve sinned, they forfeited the kingdom and the rule and dominion over to Satan. And as the ruler of this world, he has established, he has set a plan. And it is a plan of destruction and death. And the destructive plan of Satan is the main cause of the difficulties, the hardships, the misfortunes, the adversity that comes in our life. Now, listen to this. While being a Christian doesn't mean we won't have to deal with difficulties, and I want to make that very clear. Placing your faith in Jesus, being a Christian, being a follower, doesn't mean you won't have to deal with difficulties. But here's what it does mean. It does mean that difficulties should not make us bitter or cynical or should impede our growth in the Lord. They, they, they should not be the reason we, we cowered back and, and we stay stuck. Being a Christian does not make us immune to difficult times. They will come. Now, here is something that we do learn from the word of God. That while they come and we can't avoid them, and they shouldn't stop us from growing, and they shouldn't stop us from uh, holding on to our faith, they are an irritation in our life. Let me tell you something. As a pastor, I have hard times. I have difficult times, and they are an irritation. They cloud our days and they can often steal our strength and steal the thunder of our days. And this is what happened to the people of Israel as they made their way to the promised land. In fact, let's read right there in Exodus 15. We're going to read verses 22 and 23. If you have your Bible with me, let's read it. It says, Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea, and they moved out into the desert of Sur. They traveled in the desert, listen to this, for three days without finding any water. When they came to the oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called that place Marah, which means bitter. Israel's experience in this passage reminds us that despite the clarity that we have because God is guiding us, despite the fact that God can give us great victories, despite the fact that God is close to us, there will come times when we will have to taste bitter waters, when we will have to deal 
with difficulties and hardships. And listen to this. The Israelites had just left Egypt and they were on their way to the promised land. They were on their way to what God had for them. And here's what you need to know. The victorious and abundant life that God wants to give you and me will not come without difficulties. If you read a few chapters before this passage, God had just opened the Red Sea and he had drowned the Egyptian army. Three days ago from this passage, they had experienced victory, but now they're in a difficulty. Three days ago, they were celebrating and now they're complaining. Three days ago, they had seen the Egyptians drowned in waters and now they had no water for them to drink. There is a false belief amongst believers, and it's not a biblical one, that once you achieve a certain level of spirituality, of maturity, that once you have a supernatural uh, a spiritual experience, that then life is going to be easy and smooth. And let me tell you, that is not true. So the question now becomes, why does God allow difficulty and adversity in our lives? Let me tell you why. And here's the golden nugget I want you to take away today. God allows difficulty and adversity because they are opportunities. With difficulty and adversity come opportunities. Difficult times give us an opportunity to depend in faith in God, to trust that he's powerful enough uh, to rescue us. I heard today uh, something so powerful. They said faith is reality plus God. Fear is reality without God. Difficulties always also give us an opportunity to, to cling to his joy in the middle of difficult times. Difficulties give us an opportunity to activate our faith, to, to believe that God is going to do what he says. Difficulties give us an opportunity to see God defeat our enemies and manifest his power. Difficulties give us an opportunity to experience need and see the generosity of God meet all of our needs. Every challenge you encounter in life is a fork in the road. You have an opportunity to choose which way to go. Are you going to go backwards or are you going to go forwards? Are you going to break down or are you going to break through? I want to share something so powerful with you. If you're a believer and you're in this crisis, you're having personal difficulties and you're asking yourself, well, I thought coming to Christ would make life easier. Look at what I'm going to tell you. Having Jesus in your life doesn't always make life better. Having Jesus in your life will always make you better at life. And that is why God allows and uses difficult times because he wants to give us an opportunity to become better. You know the old saying, a smooth sea never makes a skilled sailor. And see, many people think that the reason that they're experiencing difficulties is because they did something wrong. And sometimes, and many times, that is true. And when that is the case, the Holy Spirit will convict you. He will speak to your heart. He will speak to your soul. And he will lead you to repentance because he wants you to repent and turn from the wrong that you're doing. But there are other times when difficulty comes and it's part of our life, not because we did something wrong, but because it's part of God's plan. 
because he wants to develop something in you, because he wants to teach you something, because he wants, you to, he wants to allow you to experience something special about his character. Now, when this is the case, whenever difficulty comes as part of God's plan to develop us, I want to share three things that will help you deal and get through difficult times. And we learn them from this story of the people of Israel at Marah. How do you deal with difficulty? Number one, attack the problem, not the people. Attack the problem, not the people. Look at what Exodus 15, 24 says. It says, then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. See, our tendency as human beings is that we, when things don't go well, we want to find somebody to blame. We get frustrated, so we want to blame somebody. We want somebody to point fingers at. And listen, instead of attacking, attacking the problem, instead of attacking the circumstance, instead of attacking the adverse situation, we attack people. And in many cases, it's our loved ones. And this, is, this first point is one of the reasons we experience arguments, frictions, and fights in our relationships. Because we think that the problem is the same as the person. And sometimes it is. But most times it is not. Especially when difficult times come as part of God's plan. If you look for someone to blame, you're going to attack people. But if you look for a solution, you will attack the problem. Let me repeat that to you again. Because I think that's tweetable and it's Facebook worthy. If you look for who to blame, you're going to attack people. But if you look for a solution, you're going to attack the problem. You know, in this time of quarantine, we are grateful for the good things that it's bringing. There's good things that are happening in the midst of this crisis. There's a slower pace of life. There's no traffic. We've been able to rest. We have time to exercise. A lot of families are now eating home-cooked meals. And that's just to mention a few things. And perhaps the biggest benefit of being quarantined during this crisis is that we can spend more time as a family. That we can connect as a family. Which is a blessing. But come on, let's be honest. Let's admit that it can also be challenging. The kids... I got three kids at home. They're, they're making a mess all day long, nonstop. If you got teens, you're probably frustrated that they don't want to come out of their room. Your wife, she's got a honey to-do list. You know the honey to-do list? Honey, do this. Honey, do that. Your husband, he probably wants to eat all day. And if you are blessed enough to have your mother-in-law live with you, she definitely has an opinion for everything you do. And listen, it can cause friction. It can cause frustrations. I just want to remind you, remember to not attack your family member, but to attack the problem, which leads me to the second point. If we are not going to attack the problem, but attack the person, but attack the problem, here's the second thing that you need to do in difficult times. And that is ask God for a solution. Ask God for a solution. Once you realize that it is not the people, but the problem that we need to attack, then we can ask God for a solution. See, the solution always begins and starts with God. Human beings are not the answer. God is the answer. God can use human beings, 
but it is God who is the answer. And we're going to experience, if you keep placing your hope, if you keep placing your expectations, if you keep hoping that the answer is going to come from an individual, let me tell you, you are going to experience disappointment after disappointment. And listen, God wants us to go to him. God wants us to call on him. God wants us to ask him and to do it first, not last, not third, but to do it first. I mentioned earlier that I got three little ones at home. I got a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old. So our house is a zoo right now. And you know, these little kids, uh, uh, all day, they need something from me. They need something from my wife. All day, they're asking for attention. They're asking for help. And can I be honest? My wife and I, we get tired. We get annoyed. And the other day, God spoke to me and he said, Nestor, you can come to me as much as your kids go to you. And I will never get annoyed. I will never get tired of you. In fact, I love it. The more you can come to me, the more I love it. Why? Why is it that God doesn't mind? Well, because when we go to God for help, it brings us into a more intimate relationship with him. Look at what Moses did in verse 25, that first part. It says, so Moses cried out to the Lord for help. And the Lord showed him a piece of wood Moses threw it into the water and this made the water good to drink. Now, perhaps Moses knew that that type of uh, tree, that that type of branch had the ability to neutralize the acidity of the water. Maybe he knew that, but, but here's the point. Here's what the Bible points out. He, it didn't click in his mind until he asked God for help and God gave him clarity. And many times, and you know this to be true, many times the answer to our difficulty is right in front, of us, in front of us all the time. But it isn't until we ask God for help that he shows us the solution. You know, throughout this uh, quarantine, people have been doing all kinds of challenges. And one of the challenges that's been going on is to post your favorite verse. I apologize for those that tagged me and I didn't follow it through, but here's my way of responding. Here's my favorite Psalm. Psalms 5.8 says the following. It says, lead me in the right path. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. Listen, when we're going through difficulty times, there's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of options. But this Psalms tells us that God has the right one. And we got to ask God to lead us to it. We got to ask God, as I do, to make his way, to make the answer, to make the solution easy and clear for us to follow. And during this quarantine, we really have no excuse to not pray. There's no excuse. We, most of us have more time than we normally did. And listen, if you only pray when you're in trouble, you're in trouble. So go to God. Point number three. When in difficulty, remember, don't blame people. Ask God for help and then rest in God's promises. Rest in God's promises. Let's read verse 25, the second part in verse 26. And notice what God tells the people of Israel. He says, it was there at Marah, that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. 
He said, if, now notice if, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, he says, then, if, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Two observations about this passage. Mara was a place of testing and it tested two things. And difficult times will test two things in you and about you. The first thing it will test is that it will test your characters. It will test your personality. It will test your determination. To be more specific, it will test your faithfulness to God. Difficult times will test if you will cling to God in bad times as you do in good times. See, difficulties demonstrate if we are worship, a worshiping person who occasionally complains or if we are a murmuring person who occasionally worships. My wife said something so powerful to me this week. She said, crisis reveals character. Difficult times will test your character, your faithfulness towards God. But the second thing that difficult times test is that they test your belief in God's promises. They will test if you truly believe God, what he says. And let me tell you, changes are inevitable in life. Everything in life changes. Everything. The only thing that doesn't change is God. It's his word. It's his promises. His promises are sure. This week, a friend of mine shared this with me and I want to share it with you of what it means to rest in God's promises. Acts 12, 6 tells us the following. He says, the night before Peter was to be placed on trial. So Peter is awaiting to be placed on trial. The night before, look at what he was doing. He was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Let me tell you, let me give you a little bit of context about this. Acts 12 tells us that Herod had killed James and that in killing James, this had brought favor to him before the Jews. So in order to be more liked by the Jews, he also apprehended Peter and placed him in prison. Now, it should be reasonable for Peter to expect that if Herod had killed James, that Herod would also kill him. And the Bible tells us that the night before he was to go on trial, while he was chained to two soldiers, he was asleep. How is it possible that the night before Peter was to go on trial and possibly, reasonably expect to die, he was asleep? Now, let me stop there. If it had been you or me, would we sleep through that night? Why was it that Peter was able to sleep through that night? Well, Peter was able to sleep through the night because he was resting, pun intended, on a promise that Jesus had made to him. Back in the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verse 18 and 19, Jesus told Peter the following words. Look at what he told him. He says, I tell you the truth. When you are young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. 
Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Peter had a promise from Jesus that he would get to old age before he was killed. So Peter reasoned that it was impossible for him to die then and there because Jesus had made a promise that he would get to old age. Are you worried today about something for which God has given you a promise? If that's the case, quit worrying. Enjoy the night while your promise comes to you. And as you do, learn to rest in his promises. Listen, when it is God who puts you on the edge of difficulty, trust him. Rest in his goodness. Rest in his character. Because although you may be at the edge of difficulty, two things will happen. Either he will catch you or he will teach you how to fly. And then last but not least, point number four. Be strengthened knowing better days are ahead. So we attack the problem, not the people. We ask God for help. We rest in his promises. But fourth, we are strengthened by knowing better days are ahead. Look at verse 27 of Exodus 15. It says, after leaving Mara, they left Mara. They didn't stay there forever. Difficulties make us feel like they're going to last forever. They're not. There will be an end to every difficulty. There will be an end to this crisis. It says, after leaving Mara, the Israelites traveled on to the oasis of Elim, where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees. They camped there beside the waters. After the time of testing and difficulty, which was Mara, God had a time of refreshing for them called Elim. He knew when to test them and he knew when to rest them. And let me tell you something. God will bring you rest and there is better days ahead. Mara was a place of need, of adversity, of testing. But Elim was a place with springs and palm trees. The passage tells us that there was 12 springs, one for every tribe and 70 palm trees. The palm trees speak of sufficiency, of rest, of abundance. And see, people want victory without a battle. They want an Elim without a Mara. And if you are gonna get to victory, you gotta go through Mara. If you're going to get through to Elim, you got to go through difficulty. Let me tell you something, and you know this, but I believe as I say, the Holy Spirit will resonate it deep into your soul and spirit. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. So be strong now because things are going to get better. It might rain now, but it won't rain forever. Romans 8.18 is a verse that encourages me during difficult times. And look at what Paul tells us in Romans 8, 18. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Listen, if your faith is in Jesus, if you're a follower of our Lord Jesus Christ, God's best is not reserved for this world, but in eternity. We have to keep that in mind. 
earth is not heaven. The best that God has for us won't be here. Now, I'm not trying to say that there won't be good things here. There will be good things here. But you and I need to look at our life, not just in the scope of our physical life, but we need to look at our life in the scope of eternity. And listen, whatever difficulties we face here, they cannot compare to the glory that awaits us when our time here ends and we get to go with our creator. And if dealing with difficulty here and not letting it defeat me means that I can enjoy all of God's goodness for eternity, then let it be so. Let it be so. See, here's a beautiful illustration. Think of a caterpillar. A caterpillar, when, he, when it turns in the, into that cocoon, it, it, it thinks that it's come to the end of the world, to its world. That it's come to the end of its time as a caterpillar. But we know that it's not the end of the caterpillar. What the caterpillar calls the end of his world, God calls the beginning of a butterfly. And no difficulty, no adversity, no need in this lifetime is worth forfeiting our eternity. Keep your eyes on the glory that awaits us. If you knew, like Paul knew, Paul got to see heaven. And that's why he was able to say, I wish I could be in heaven. I so want to be with God and not be here. Because he got a glimpse of how good heaven was. And if you and I, and we have the Bible that gives us, that gives us an idea, but if we could just taste how good heaven is, let me tell you something. No difficulty will stop you from continuing to trust and follow God. So keep your eyes on God. Expect good things to happen. This Thursday, we were having dinner at home. And as we were having dinner as a family, I told my kids, when we finish eating, we can go out and walk around the school and you can grab your scooters and, and carts and we can go for a, for a little ride. My wife looked out at the window that was right in front of us and she said, but it looks like it's going to rain. And I looked out that window. Uh, I saw a big dark cloud and it looked like a storm was coming. But then there's another window in our dining table as well. And when I looked out that window, I didn't see a storm. I didn't see dark clouds. I saw a beautiful sunset. You know, we were able to go out for our walk. Why do I say this? Well, because if I were to look through the window of the storm and say, that is only my reality, then I would say, you know, it's nothing but a storm in my life. But the truth is that there's more angles, that there's a bigger picture to that. And there's better days ahead. Don't let this crisis, don't let this difficulty right now get you to believe that that's all there is. There's better times ahead. In fact, nothing exemplifies better the fact that good can come out of bad, that difficulty can lead to something better like the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Jesus' death made it possible for God to show his power by resurrecting Jesus from the death. And next week, we're going to be celebrating Good Friday and Easter. And on Friday, we celebrate the Lord's death. But on Sunday, we celebrate his resurrection. And listen, let me tell you something. If you're experiencing a difficulty, 
in your, in your faith and in your heart and your trust is in Jesus. And you're going through a time of need. You're going through a time of challenge. Let me tell you, it's Friday. But Sunday is coming. Goodness will come. God uses difficult times to bring good things out of them. Now, if you who are listening to me or maybe watching this video, if you have not opened your heart to Jesus, I want to invite you. I want to ask you to open up your heart and let Jesus come into your heart and make him your Lord and Savior. You know, it was the tree. It was that branch that made the waters of Mara sweet. In the gospel accounts, the Bible tells us that Christ was nailed to a cross. In the Greek language, that word that is used for cross is often also used to mean a pole or a stake or a tree. In fact, Peter uses that language in his first letter in 1 Peter 1.24. Look at what it says. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. Now we know Jesus was crucified on a cross, but Peter refers to it as a tree. He says that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Just as that tree sweetened the waters, the bitter waters of Mara, the cross, the sacrifice, the death of Jesus can bring joy into our bitter lives. But more importantly, it is the cross that takes our sin, that takes our dead souls and forgives sin and gives life, abundant life, eternal life. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.